This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. fans how you guys doing it's your boy john of the macri with you um for i would say another episode but it's really it's not its own episode it's the second half of a two-part very special crossover episode that uh myself and jeremy cohen did with the uh, i'll say the fine folks at the posting and toasting show although i mean clearly we're talking about schwinny poo uh, and Drew Steele. So calling them fine folks, eh, eh, it's a little, it's a little bit of a stretch. Um, so yes, this is the second part, which you're about to hear of a uh, two part episode. If you have not already heard the first half of the episode, which ran on the posting and toasting show feed, uh, I would recommend listening to that first because as much as, uh, you would love to think that the fine, Folks, um, again, there's that there's that phrase again. Who thought of the idea to do this show would have like broken it up into easily consumable parts, such that you could only listen to one episode or listen to the other episode. No, we didn't do that. It was essentially a two hour free flowing conversation. That um, I would say, unless you listen to the first half of it, you're going to be um, a little lost. Not lost, but you won't enjoy the the part that is you're about to hear right now. Um, so you could find that show on, um, it's at posting show, uh, is their Twitter, Twitter handle, or you could just look up posting and toasting show anywhere that, um, podcasts are found. Um, so without further ado, uh, we're going to get to the episode right after we hear very, very quickly as we always do, because they really are, they're our friends. Um, I was actually at work today. Uh, and we're, of course I'm talking about vivid seats and a colleague brought up whether or not, uh, they should go, uh, for theater tickets for this holiday season. And of course my ears started ringing cause I'm like, Ooh, I have a, a, an advertiser on my podcast that, that sells theater tickets. It's vivid seats. So I told her that I told her the promo code over time and she wrote it down and, uh, I'm fairly certain she's going to get tickets to the lion King, which I've seen. I saw like once, maybe, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, something like that. It was pretty good. Um, I don't know that I'd see it again. But anyway, whether you want to see The Lion King, whether you want to see some other Broadway show, whether you want to see The Knicks, The Rangers, what's left of the Giants and Jets season, um, anything, you could get those tickets on Vivid Seats. And if you haven't already done so, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. 
you'll automatically be enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Um, and every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee, which is really great. Um, I mentioned it just a second ago, but one more time. Enter promo code OVERTIME, that's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. A hundred bucks. Do you have any idea how much a hundred bucks comes in handy during the holiday season? Um, when you're broke ass, uh, like me, a hundred dollars matters a lot. So, uh, go use that code, go download vivid seats, uh, get some tickets. And without further ado, for real this time, here is the second half of the crossover episode to end all crossover episodes in which, um, Schwinn and Drew and myself and Jeremy talk about the firing of one David Fisdale. People do. It just makes the story bigger, right? Yep. Like, like that, that's the problem exactly. in this, in this issue. I, I think that the PR was just stupid. Like just, just release exactly what they did today. Even if as, as annoying as it is that like, they just it was like four sentences or whatever and fizz just has like three paragraphs of flowery prose like whatever if that's just release that on friday like it, it 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 doesn't cost you anything and it and it at the very it just at least then the people bitching about the knicks will maybe luckily somehow like pick the actual things that matter to bitch about right and not the and not the um the, the stupid pr stuff that really doesn't matter but like we end up having it matter because well, we're too stupid to like care enough to not make it matter. So we're bringing uh, a story that should have ended on Friday into the new week. Like even if you don't care about other people writing about it, the fact that we even have to talk about it is significant enough that it shouldn't have happened now. It should have happened before where you just, right. you all right, you want a Friday news dump? Great. Get it all out there and then move on. The weekend will, will sweep it away. And then a new week you start a Sunday night thing. Now the first thing you're left with in a new week is new material. It's just unnecessary. So I, I think it's pretty odd. Like again, I, it's it's look at look at if you go back and look at their statement uh when they fired Hornacek, both Mills and Perry are quoted in there with like, you know, same kind of like bullshit flowery pro stuff that we want to see. Um no and, no quotes uh look, from they're done. they're done. They're out of here. I I think it's very obvious. Like I, if you know, like Jeremy said, if this is what it needed to take for Dolan to clear house, good. But like I think it's pretty obvious he's clearing can house. Can I so can I, I, I just don't see I just don't see how like you have them declining comment. Like they, as soon as they traded Porzingis, these guys couldn't shut the fuck up in front of the camera, right? <laughs> Mills goes out. Yeah. Mills goes out on that Sunday game and has this. He has like all these talking points and like they you know, interviewed they, him they, in uh, at the halftime of the right. next game, I think. Right? It was a Sunday game. It was yeah, a Sunday game. Yeah. And then you have Dolan on um, Francesa. Right. It was, it was Michael K. I mean, yeah, it, they, they they were they were prepared and they were running it. This screams of Dolan pulling the plug on these guys That's yep a, uh, brian giberman uh macri's best friend uh, love, love me some love me some brian <laughs> he uh good guy he, tweet, he tweeted guy. that out yesterday and uh i i'm i i found his reasoning pretty compelling then and i'm even more convinced of it uh reading that statement now i think dolan has he's people he plug on these guys i They're completely done. can i just uh, so a couple things one i guess uh this isn't like um I don't know. This isn't news, but um, I feel it is pertinent to the conversation. Um, I, I can't reveal my my source, um, but I was t- oh, sauces Macri over here. Hey, listen, um, I was tipped that Fizdale was going to get fired uh, within 24 hours. Uh, at what time did I get that phone call? 
eight thirty a.m. Um, and I, what time I, did the carrier pigeon arrive? <laughs> I and it wasn't. I didn't get I telegram. Didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't get the phone call from the source. I got the phone call from someone uh, who got it from the source. The source, the source of a source. Source of the source. So assistant to the source. So because I don't want to play the fucking game of telephone, um, I didn't like tweet anything out. I haven't said anything about it. But I, you know, whatever. It makes. It, I'm makes just work. imagining John. I'm just imagining you walking into an empty parking lot. And it's like a deep throat situation. Well, I was. <laughs> I was like, actually. You know, it's like some guy's I, just smoking in a trench coat. And he's like, Fisdale's gone in 24 well, hours. And you're like, who, who are you? You want to know when I knew Fizdale was getting fired? I, I because I tweeted it. I think I was the first person to notice. I was I tweeted it in the second half of that Denver game, pretty early on. I was like, Dolan's not in his seats. Yeah, no, Dolan's no, no. But in terms and, of, I, let me be clear the, that the decision had been made, and it oh, was no, no. yeah. I, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. John. I, I'm just saying like. Oh yeah, no, it was it was so obvious that night to me that I was like, like people were freaking out that he hadn't been fired in the morning or whatever, and I was like, guys, don't worry, it's coming. Like, yeah, this is it's over. Like, you know, James Dolan, you know, for all his faults, that man sits on that baseline every home game, (laughs) no matter what, and very, very, very rarely does he leave early. In fact, only two times he's left early this year were one, the day that they had that stupid press conference after game ten, and this game. That's it. And he's and he does this every year. No matter how shitty the Knicks are, that man sits on that bench and sits there basically the entire game for every game. And if you think so, about it, this, this front office now has picked their second coach. So he's giving them the opportunity to try to salvage the season, and they pick their best candidate. Is, and is they're rolling he, with though? Because right, who's, could, the, who's, yeah. the, who's the other coach? It, you're I saying can't. Mike Miller. I right. So I have a theory. Oh, no, 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 no. Interim coaches don't count. That's like when no, all this those... counts. I disagree. This counts. No, they it's a, they so, promoted Mike Miller to the stat. They they did that. This can I turn okay, okay, no, no, sure no, no, My just, gut feeling is that they were very concerned about Fizz after they yep. didn't land Durant and Irving or whatever second star you want to say. And they felt that if Fizzdale doesn't work out and he's this liability, that they oh. have a backup plan that isn't um, Canalis or um, – Sullivan the guy, or Bushler. Yeah, whoever coached the summer league team. Like it, yeah. That sort of thing where it was an insurance policy. And this is their second shot. Like You're not going to find an outside coach, so it's relying upon you to have enough inside of your team where you're able to, in case of an emergency, have some sort of fallback plan. And Mike Miller is a great option for that fallback plan. And yeah, I agree, Schwinn. I think that you're right. I think Dolan feels like these guys are done with. And I'm, I'm writing an article right now that that's my biggest concern. Like what happens when there are two people who feel like they have to fight tooth and nail to keep their jobs. And the only way to do that is by winning basically what Fizdale tried to do. And this whole thing about the potential where they, they might look into buying even with their record and we'll see what happens. But my, my then concern with that is the front office it's not so much from a buying perspective. It's from a not selling perspective, because yeah. if, if this was a competent front office, they would realize, all right, this team's not going to work. Uh, we'll try it with Miller. But December 15th is around the corner. We know that a guy like Marcus Morris, who's shooting 50 percent from three, is not going to continue doing that. Let's sell him while the value is high, because it seems to me that almost every player that the Knicks have traded or even not like that should have. Um, has been either not traded, like I just said, or their value has been at an incredible low point. And that's my biggest concern that not buying means that you're there or not selling is yeah. a huge problem in that it then means that you're trying to look at what the situation is. And if you're basically just looking out for yourself, 
that no one wins in that situation. You want to you, you know my conspiracy theory? It's not even a conspiracy. It's just a theory I have. I think you better uh, not steal mine because I've been waiting patiently. Uh, so you you give yours no, first. No, you 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 go then because if, if you've been patient, then I, I have I have been waiting waiting patiently. Um, here's my conspiracy theory: things behind the scenes over the last uh, whatever it is now, forty eight hours, seventy two hours, whatever it's been, have been an absolute shit show. Uh, from this perspective. I think Dolan basically decided, um, whatever, midway through the Denver game, uh, like you said, Schwinn, uh, okay, Fizz is done. I'm firing him. And the reason for, A, the time that it took, um, and because, again, that's why I wanted to mention that I was tipped. Like, this, the, the photos of him, like, dapping up uh, Scott and Steve and everybody smiling at, at the practice, he... I, if I knew, Fizz fucking, you better well believe knew. Like, they, they knew at that point. I think he was basically, he had already also decided to take decision-making power away from Mills and Perry at that point. And I think the reason that they were, that they scrambled with the firing, A, B, the statement, C, the, um, uh, decision on who was going to take over as the interim coach is because it was unclear for a period of time on on uh, Friday who was actually going to be making that decision and who still had a fucking job or not. And again, little behind the scenes knowledge, and this gets directly into the PR stuff in a weird way that I'll link together when we get to finish that discussion. As what happens within the walls of the garden sometimes is Dolan will like end the meeting or like make a phone call to somebody's fucking office and be like, you're fucking fired. Go the fuck home. I never want to fucking see you again. <laughs> no, th- no, no, this, this has no, happened. I've, 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 I've heard similar, similar stories. No. And then, and then the next morning when the person um, will b- be home, you know, in their fucking bathrobe, They'll get a call from like his stolen secretary or whatever, and be like, "Why aren't you at work?" Um, and and this is this shit is documented amongst people who are under a gag order, not to say it, but I've heard it through enough of a grapevine that I feel comfortable saying it on here. So I think it was one of these situations where he maybe at, after the fucking Denver game basically said, "You're all out of a fucking job," and then people were like, "Uh, what, 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 what do we do?" And that's what led to the complete and total shit show that was the firing and the PR release and the whole thing and why we've gotten the weekend that we've gotten because if there's one arm of the organization that more than anything over the years has felt the um, uh, pins and needles-itis of having to work for James Dolan, it's the PR people which is why every time anyone mentions on twitter or like you guys some of you guys implied like how stupid could the br pr staff be it's they're literally in like self-preservation mode that's that's what nick's pr is not a pr staff they are a staff of people trying to just work the next day and figuring out what can we say or not say to get us to that point and that's why i don't put i literally don't put any of the blame for this weekend on nick's pr it all goes back to Dolan, and then the greater conversations are like, okay, well, if that's the culture that you have inside of the organization, what are the ramifications that has in terms of building a basketball team and all of that nonsense, which is a, a much bigger and deeper conversation. And I don't pretend to have the answers, but it's 
So that's my piece that I wanted to say. Sorry, that yeah. got a little long winded. No, it's cool. Um, my conspiracy theory is much has nothing to do with that, actually. Oh, OK. Um, there you go. It <laughs> is two conspiracy theories yeah. in this. Podcast. I, I think I think <laughs> all of that may certainly be true. Um, but I think that Dolan, I think I think Dolan has been more or less in his own head ready to be done with these guys for a lot for a little bit. Um I think it probably I think he m- probably made that decision uh at some point before maybe the Milwaukee game. Um and I think that's why Allen Houston traveled with the team then. I think Allen Houston is basically like the interim GM right now. Uh if not officially, but unofficially. Uh I think that's why there was a little delay on announcing Mike Miller as the interim because uh maybe Allen Houston had not uh uh, made that maybe maybe they didn't know who to go to to ask that to get that information but i think he is probably pretty uh instrumental in mike miller being appointed to the interim and keith bogan's getting appointed uh or promoted essentially from the g league staff to the uh, nba staff um you know houston being the westchester knicks uh, gm over the last few years uh i think that dolan is a hundred percent serious and willing to do anything to get Masai. I don't think he will get Masai because nothing good ever happens for the Knicks. And um, I think that in that scenario, Alan Houston is likely to be the next president of the New York Knicks. How soon, how soon do you think that, that, I mean, is this something you think is coming like this week? Cause I agree with no. you. I completely, I, I, I could I, see I, it happening fucking tomorrow. No, I think what'll happen is if you, I think it's instructive to just look at uh, when he hired Phil, I think what he'll do is just keep uh, Perry and, mills in place as lame ducks through the deadline and then sometime after the deadline probably just like announce if he if he doesn't think that uh he can get Masai, i would expect uh you know the perry and mills to officially get canned and uh, alan houston to be promoted to president of basketball operations. i don't, that would be I don't think case. alan houston would be president but i do think he would be the gm role if, i think, I think ideally Ideally, I think that's what would happen. That that's what Dolan would want to happen if Masai comes in, and I think that will be the only sticking point. Oh, like Allen has to be the GM. Yeah, I think. I think. I think if if Masai even was willing to do this, um, that would be that. I could see that being something that Dolan pushed for, but. Uh, in the scenario, which is probably what's going to happen, where Masai is like, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> Alan, I still think it's leverage. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know, man. Money talks. But but, yeah, I, but, I, but I, he can get in, that same money from, yeah, from anyone. No, well, but, but it specifically from are we are we uh, how how big? Uh, Bro, James Dolan paid Phil Jackson twenty four million dollars to go the fuck away. Three and he did that twenty like he. He Phil Phil was five for sixty, right? Phil yeah. was five yeah. for sixty. Yeah. Okay, and he he picked up the option like three days before he fired him. Like telling you, James Dolan, you you can say anybody can get that. No, James Dolan is a special. <laughs> he, he loves to pay people way too much money to stop. Uh, just imagine what he'll like, pay Masai. If Masai Jury was was offered like a five year hundred million dollar contract to run, the, which I mean, I say those words and I can't help but laugh, but like. Are we sure Dolan wouldn't go to him with that? And another and another nine figures for the fucking uh for for um I forget I don't want to get the name wrong, the NBA in Africa program. Giants in Africa, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and yo, here's the other thing. People for like Dolan has been crazy with money for he paid 
Larry, he gave Larry Brown five years, 50 million <laughs> in 2006. Yeah, in 2006, he's paying a head coach 10 million a year. That was insane then. Yeah. If he paid him that much now, he'd probably be that, that would be the highest paid coach in the NBA, I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. Dolan has no issue. His issue is just spend like like you know the, the stuff that you mentioned about like being this psycho who just fires people, but then like actually doesn't fire them. Um and the fact that he just uses resources completely like inefficiently, as at least when it comes to the Knicks. Um, but it's not, I don't think any owner ha- can compare the, the checks they've been writing to James Dolan because yeah, this guy was paying, like he was paying what like 160 million in 2006 and 2007 for a totally garbage team. Like what? And this is again, this is a 2006, like 2007. He was paying money like that. Um, but yeah, that that's my theory. I think Allen Houston. As a pretty, I, I, if you can get odds on Allen Houston becoming the next president of basketball operations, I would, I would put maybe ten dollars on it. See what happens. I'll, I'll go with your original theory of GM. I think he's. I don't. I don't think he would be. But like, if you don't get him aside, you like who? Like, it's James Dolan, right? Like, he's either going to hire some somebody he views like a son, or he's going to hire the biggest name he can possibly get. That's it. Right. That's the only options. So if Masai doesn't come, if you're not going to get a Presti, if you're not getting something, somebody like that, it's going to be Allen Houston, man. Like, I mean, totally, would no he, other. There's no. There's nobody else. It would be. I uh, wonder if he would pay Jerry West fifteen million dollars. He did also offer Jerry, Jerry, right? Jerry. And and Jerry West. We don't know what that I, offer I don't was. Fully believe it. Jerry West claims the reason he didn't want to join was because of the fact that Phil Jackson had just took just been gone and he didn't want to do that. I think that's a half truth. I think he definitely felt that way, but the bottom line was Jerry West really just didn't want to be in that position. He thought it'd be much better to be a consultant for literally any other team, uh, but specifically in California because that's where he spent so much time. Yeah, but it, I, but I agree. I and I think the fact that I, I believe I wrote about this where it was like Irving Azoff and, and James Dolan are so tight that I'm sure the two of them <laughs> are going to just try to like pass the ball around and see who the, comes up with the, with the bigger name. Doesn't CAA rep a search firm? Because like, he always listens to CAA and wants to do things to you help know, CAA. They must know represent a, a search you know who's firm. Who's a CAA client? Who? Alan Houston. Well, that's <laughs> fucking great. No, look, I'm, look I like Alan Houston. I met Alan Houston a few times. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. He seems really smart. Um, I, I think I, he's I, one of the smart people in the organization. I'm genuinely asking because I have no... I have no ability to judge it but like do you think he's one of the smart because there are like you can tell in my opinion like there are definitely smart people that work in the organization who i just don't think we you know necessarily like the decision makers have not valued enough I, uh but like do, do you think Alan i don't i don't think it matters i think someone needs to come in from the outside like fit like it basically needs to be a Phil Jackson situation, except someone that knows what they're doing in the year of our Lord two thousand nineteen. Um, and I like, but like yes, I agree. Like re, like basically like take 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 several months, assess everything that's going on, and 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 be be given the full and complete autonomy by Dolan to be like listen. Your organization's always going to suck if you don't start by changing fundamental thing A, B, and C, and then being given the chance to do that. I don't like. I don't know that Alan used to be the smartest guy in the world. I don't think anyone who's been in this environment for so long can then take a step back and be like, okay, what are the what are the things that are broken with? And, and this kind of gets back to something you were saying earlier, Drew, about like we always tend to make it about like a bigger thing than it needs to be. I 
for the life of me, I can't help but think that there doesn't need to be a reassessment of maybe just the way things are done within the garden. I, 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 Again, I don't have any evidence to say that, and I'm always hesitant to posit a theory without having evidence to back it up. But it, I mean, isn't isn't the last how like X number of years evidence enough? I know I hate when people say that, but on the same token, I like I I, I think there's some validity to it. No, I agree. Like there definitely needs to be a, a complete systematic change. It definitely needs to be from the outside. When I was talking about like bigger deal, I'm talking like these micro things, like what are the wording? Oh, okay. Like issue? basically drawing conclu- Okay. I understand what you're saying. That's yeah, what I'm sure. trying to say. Yeah, like, but no, you're absolutely right. Like the idea is like, I usually do this too with like the work I do outside of like the podcast. I usually ask people who aren't in my department for specific feedback that I do because I'm so involved in it. I need some sort of outside perspective because I'm doing a lot of stuff with like numbers and data. So I just need like a non-data person to be like, are you sure that's the best way to present it? So I do think there's actually, there's going to be value in that, that what needs to be done. It's just more of like, is it actually going to happen? Right. That's basically yeah. what it comes down to. It's just more of like, is that outside person going to be given that opportunity? And it, it happened with Phil though. I, th- I mean, Steve, Steve Mills was kept, but I don't know. It felt like Phil kind of was able to do more or less. I just feel, yeah, wanted. I was going to say he he did though, right? Like Phil kind of did do what he wanted. It was just like it <laughs> didn't work because Phil didn't really like care or know what he was doing. Yeah. Like he was trying to like I think that's what it was. Like I do think Dolan realized that with Phil, like that's actually the best way to approach it. And I think he's more or less been hands off with Perry and mills as well like i yeah. I do think it finally sank in he just again it's just like there aren't really too many options he can get right now and just you're just basically hoping that someone like messiah or presti or even if the rockets fire maury like someone could just come in and be like great i'll just give you the world i i, I think dolan reached the point where he, that's the strategy he just needs to get the opportunity to find that person he let mills and perry trade christophs porzingis like i think yeah. it's safe to say that they have had full autonomy to an degree and I mean, not to a degree. I think they've had full autonomy. Just Perry added a bunch of back house or, you know, uh, front office staff to, yes. to the organization. Okay. He he got the chance to do that. Um, he actually was able to reassign Alan Houston away from the assistant GM role and to the Westchester GM. Yeah, so like I, I, I think that Perry's had, and Mills by extension, they've had autonomy. And I don't think that really has been an issue with Dolan. Um in in at this point in time, uh, it hasn't been. I don't think it was an issue with it's, Phil either. Can I? I think Phil. I think Phil could have traded Kristaps. I don't think. The, I don't think the reason Phil got fired is because he wanted to trade Kristaps. I think it was about how that entire thing was like it's optics. Yeah, I mean, he just handled it so stupid. Like he had no idea how to. No, he had no idea. <laughs> handle the media. He, he was handling the media like. He was still a head coach, but like that doesn't work well when you're the executive. <laughs> but I do, I do so wonder much. how the finances also work, right? Because at the end of the day, this is still very much a business venture and with the basketball team tied into MSG as a whole and the, the sports not being separated from the um, entertainment side. I've always wondered how one impacts the other in the mind of Dolan. I thought they did. Didn't they spin off? I thought but they spun it off. Not at the time when Porzingis was being shopped, or at least when Phil was listening to calls on Porzingis. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that could have been. So, well, yeah, because now we know it is. It's spun right. off. So, I, so yeah, you're, I wouldn't be surprised. It just, it just, I don't know who it's going to be. That's right. That's the only thing. I just fundamentally don't know who it's going to be and who's willing to take that challenge. Because I do think, because I know there's like people at Coward Beck, like David Griffin would have been a great choice. And it's like, I don't think David Griffin would have been that great of a choice. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't get this griffin stuff like 
I mean, okay, I guess. He, I mean, if you want to give him credit for winning a championship with Cleveland, like, sure. I mean, he did that, but he also he also like walked into LeBron just being like, "Hey, I want to come back to your team." Like, oh, oh okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I can't really give him too much credit because yeah, LeBron and, was born and, in Akron. You know, for for all the sucking off that he's gotten. Uh, for his wonderful genius summer where he nailed everything. The fuck are the Pelicans doing? Yeah. They look like the Knicks yesterday. They got <laughs> smacked by 45. <laughs> the Mavericks. And like, we yeah, beat the Mavs. Twice. Sucks that Zion's out. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I was told that every move he made in the offseason was genius and this team was so good. It's all, ge- it's all flowers and roses. It's and fucking bullshit. I mean, Griffin is fine. I don't think he's bad. He's not, fine. He's, he's not bad. It's just he's not a savior. Yeah, he's that's, not a, that's what I was getting at. It's just he's, not like, he's not the guy you give everything to. There are, I, I mean, I don't know. Are, are there any saviors? Yes. Besides yeah. the savior. This, don't 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 come on don't no don't, no no i listen i saw your i saw your tweet before your response i forget what it was and i i don't i, I but i guess my uh, it has to, it has to be no 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 okay. it has it has to be put into context in that if you yeah sure if you allow someone to like do their do their job but like i i don't let me let me okay this might be a little too fine of a point but like it's not like any of these execs or 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 basketball people have like like some magic formula that they bring with them. It's more just like they have a sense about what successful organizations do and don't look like, which I guess maybe to me is slightly different from like he like for instance, Masai is not going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to come in here and I'm going to earth unearth, you know, like f- several undervalued, you know, p- targets for us to bring in, like in like savvy trade, like he's just going to like revamp everything and know what the fuck he's doing that, that you could be a savior and do that. But it's, you know, you understand what the, the, yeah, but yeah. it's also just having everything to use a, a fill word, simpatico, like yes, if you yes, bring yes, yes, one yes, guy yes. in, right. And it sets a tone for everyone. That's a complete, completely different story. Like take what we've got right now, right. You've got Mills, who's very clearly a Dolan guy and an MSG guy. And you've got Perry, who's brought in a lot of his own people, which is baffling considering the whole David Griffin thing, as you were alluding to. Sean. So it's like, yeah, you've got you've got a, a mixture of people that that all work well, but it doesn't really feel like there's one cohesive vision. It feels like there's just a, a bunch of different people who are scattered and brought together because of politics. And what I would love to see is exactly the opposite of that. I want to see one clear voice in the room that has uh, the authority to, you know, take in a lot of other opinions into consideration where we all know that they're hired based on the strengths and weaknesses um, that they share. And I feel like that really is not a thing in the next front office right now. And granted, we're not sitting in on the meetings. We don't know what's, what's operating, but if that was their plan B basically just like farming guys out for the trade deadline that now may not even happen based on the fact they're trying to save their own asses. Those calls may have been made like weeks ago, by the way, that's the other thing that I wanted to throw out there. Like that, the report just came out, whatever it was yesterday, but that for all we know, like they could be making calls, you know, in, in I, I don't think I don't think Dolan's signing off on shit. I don't think so either. Because this, this is exactly what happened. Like in 2013, 14, after he fired Grunwald and then Mills came in, there were all these reports about how teams were like aggressively trying to trade for Tyson Chandler and even made calls on Mello. And like basically the Knicks just refused to take calls on them. 
And that was basically Dolan. And then it came out later that like Dolan basically barred Mills from doing anything because he had been talking to uh, Phil and he had a good and he had a pretty strong feeling that Phil was going to come in and Phil was like, don't do anything right now. I, I, I want to just like take lay of the land when I get there yeah. kind of thing. And I think that's essentially what's going to happen now. I can't see Dolan like Dolan won't trade first round picks anymore because of that fucking he paid uh, <laughs> probably like fifteen million dollars to whatever it was uh, Procter and Gamble or some fucking firm uh, to come and tell him that trading first round picks is oh, McKenzie. <laughs> yeah, McKenzie. That's what it was. So <laughs> I, I I agree with you. I don't I don't think we're gonna yeah. have to deal with any crazy trades. Yeah. Um, there is, by the way, a report that just came out from. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Bondi, uh, the yeah, it. the front office uh, still doesn't explain why it fired head coach. Okay, um, uh, oh yeah, there was a narrative being pushed out of MSG that the coach wanted out. Now Bondi phrasing it in his in the piece saying there is a narrative being pushed out by MSG that the coach wanted out could mean a couple of different things. My guess is that this is coming directly from um, Nick's PR. Uh, and that is, could be, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It, it doesn't matter. It'd be, it doesn't it'd matter. be weird if they were going to, that, that sounds like something they would give to Berman or, or Begley, not, not a. Yeah, but, but him, but, him but, phrasing but think, it Beg- as a narrative Begley, yeah, puts Be- it Begley's, in a negative yeah, connotation. Yeah, anyway. Be- Begley's clearly got a source, uh, that, that Mills and, uh, Perry, uh, may not be fans of because sure. he's getting he's getting some very juicy tidbits that can only be coming from a Dolan whisperer and I don't think Mills is the Dolan whisperer anymore. He politicked his way uh, successfully into a position where you know, James Dolan is like, "Yo, what the fuck, dude?" <laughs> yeah, I don't uh I don't believe anything Bondi says. I just I mean, he just uh I mean, he I'll just, say this, he wouldn't make he, he's that's Yes, him. he would make things up because he's bad at his job. He's a garbage human being, and he only has his job because of nepotism. So, yeah, I do. I don't trust anything. He said he works for a tabloid newspaper that I give I no don't credit like, to whatsoever. I don't, like, this, I don't like Bondi, but he's actually been like weirdly he's kind a, of objective. It's, yeah. I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, on I'll push back, and I'll, I'll just say I, I, don't, I don't think he would ever – I don't think he's in the business of, of like making anything up. I think that there's 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 parsing out like the way he phrases things as, in as like un, unnecessarily needling at times, which I've – I've personally had a, a big issue with because I and that gets into all questions about the role of the media and how the media reports news and we don't need to get into that right You're now. You're part but, of the media now, uh, Macri, with what? your uh, oh, your, with your connections. Yeah, right. That's it. Um, no, um, but I, I if he's if he's saying there's a narrative being pushed out of MSG, there it's there that, that means MSG is it someone with of some import is floating the idea that Fizdale wanted out. Would Fizdale actually have pushed his way out? Who the fuck does? I don't know. Yes. Probably, I, like, I think yeah. Fizdale wanted out. Stephen A. Smith reported this shit. He said the same thing on Friday, that Fizdale didn't want to be there anymore. He's a and, martyr now. Yeah, he's a martyr, and it's fine. I'm sure that, I mean, look, if Stephen A. Smith is reporting that, you know whose source is. It's fucking Fizdale. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I, I really don't care. I'm happy he wanted out because he sucked at his job. So I really, whatever the re, whatever got him fired, is good with me. If there's one takeaway people are going to have from this podcast, it's that we all agree David Fisdale sucked his job. Yes, that's that's the only thing that people should realize. Uh, I don't care if he wanted out or the Knicks wanted to fire him. He was awful at his job. Like, thank God he's gone. Should we we 
do the the PR thing now? The the whole uh, the whole furor over oh the RJ thing, the yeah, Richard, Richard Jefferson, Jefferson thing? thing. Oh, we yeah. could, but didn't weren't we supposed to do something with uh, the next film school podcast too? We're like an hour and thirty into uh. Recording. Oh, I just I figured we yeah. were going to be like cutting this randomly in the middle. This should all stay yeah. in, by the way. This is oh, we're just going to randomly cut things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll split. We'll we'll split the baby afterwards. Whatever. We'll figure out a point. Okay, I, that means I got to. That means I got to figure out what point I'm going to stop it. But that's fine. I'll, I'll let you do that. Um. So. <laughs> Um, regarding the, and oh, this is the one thing that I, that I didn't get a chance to say before. And I'll, I'll, since you guys all buried dirt on me to begin the last segment, I'll, I'll, I'll start by, with this. Are you um, going to try to bury dirt on us? No, I'm not burying dirt. I don't have any dirt. I, I don't, uh, I don't even know where, the, I don't even know where the <laughs> shovel is. Um, no, my, my stance on all of this PR stuff, the, the Jefferson thing and like the stuff from this weekend, like I'm, I'm with you, uh, Drew. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Um, it doesn't like, there's not some like part of me as a fan that, you know, needs my organization to be acting with a certain amount of dignity. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I just don't, yeah, just like, I just don't care. No, I just, I don't, I don't give it. I'm sorry. I, I, these, these guys are paid millions of dollars. I don't care personally if the fucking organization, you know, tarred and feathered them on the way. Like, that's not, that, I don't care. Um, I'm a bad person for not caring, but I'll like, I don't care. Um, my, my perspective with all of this stuff is it always comes back to the same thing. I want to root for a team that wins basketball games and eventually hopefully wins a championship. And, um, the, the Knicks PR stuff, and this is where it all ties into Dolan is like people, we don't care but people care and people with newspapers and blogs and sorry, not blogs with like national columns and TV shows and all of that stuff. They care because it's an easy way for them to get ratings to go out and be like, how stupid are the Knicks? And they're a bunch of assholes and this and that. That's all happening. We know it's all going to happen. We know that when the PR people do something stupid, Dolan directed or otherwise, that that is all going to transpire. And we know because of the world we live in in 2018 that players see that. And even if they maybe don't care about it initially, their agents are being like, no, no, don't go there. Don't go to the organization that does this stupid shit. And that's why I care. So, okay, so yeah, like here's the thing, like with with the Fizdale stuff, like th- that that just came out today, like the different PR and like that everything that's happened basically since he's been fired in terms of the PR and like Nick's management not talking and all that stuff. That's bad. I think that's a bad look for the organization, um, and I think that stuff probably does matter a bit to to coaches and players and executives around the league. No question about it. I I, I wouldn't deny that. The Richard Jefferson thing, I feel completely different about okay. because I think I I just fundamentally disagree that like. Oh, it's a bad look. Who the fuck cares? You think any player, executive, or coach is like, I, oh my god, I can't statement. believe the Knicks okay. fucking. They had the self-respect to like clarify uh, a media member's, you know, blatant lying on national television about it. And like, yeah, I guess people can be like, oh, it was obvious he was joking. But guess what? It wasn't obvious he was joking at all. And it like backtracking. Yeah, yeah, the the it, whole joke was, thing was, was backtracking. It was, like, it was all it was all bullshit. OK. And like, here's the issue to me. Like, yeah, you can tell oh, the Knicks have to be bigger. They got you know, we got to stop fucking telling everybody they have to be the bigger person. Like, Which I want to clarify. This was not my point. I'm That was that was not my point. My point was purely the point that I just made. I didn't give a shit about them being the bigger person 
person or the fuck. I, I but I, like I, I get no, that. No, but there like, are people who like, were this, out of their way. Oh, a hundred, a thousand, a thousand yeah. percent. And, yes. And and the thing is, like, I'm sorry, but like, if the if the issue we're having is that with with that again, I want to be. I want to say specifically talking about the Richard Jefferson thing. Yeah. If the issue that we're having at large about that is that, um, you know, uh, that the Knicks just are petty in their hand. No, that, that totally misses what the fucking issue is here. Okay. The issue is you've got a guy who gets paid to be a, he's a, he's a broadcast journalist. Okay. For better or worse, that's what he is. Yeah. Okay. He has a national. He's on, on national TV. He just announced a, a game actually on Friday, I think, the the Nuggets Celtics game on ESPN. He's on Yes every day uh, for Knicks game for Nets games. Um, he's on the jump all the time, spouting off stupid bullshit, taking shots at the Knicks. Uh, like I'm sorry, but like that isn't fucking journalism, dude. And that isn't okay. That's not what your job is. That is not. That is actually like unethical. In my opinion, I I don't disagree. And 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 to me, and like there is actually, a, I I'm a diehard NBA fan, diehard Knicks fan, obviously, right? I have watched less basketball this year because I find the entire NBA media like detracts from my enjoyment of the game because I can't just like watch a game and it be just about that game. Every game, every story has to tie into like some fucking broad huge long sweeping judgment it can't just be about oh james harden has a big game is he better than michael jordan no probably not okay um like like every game the knicks play is a referendum on the christoph sporzingis trade but no game that christoph sporzingis plays is a referendum on the christoph sporzingis trade apparently like i, I don't really it, this it doesn't fucking, it doesn't matter how he plays is immaterial but it's like it, i'm being serious when i say i genuinely think that like there is a fundamental problem that the NBA may be unknowingly created with their kind of embrace of social media well before most sport, uh, m- most professional leagues. It like the entire culture of the league is so fucking weird. And I think like journalists feed into it and don't even realize it. Like, uh, you know, there's such little original or, or they don't care to or they don't yeah, care to maybe, take the time to realize it. There's just so there's so little original thought. There's so uh, there's there's so much like everybody has to rush to get their joke in, their shot in, their take in, and it's like you know that that to me is just not what you're supposed to be doing in that role. And so like when the Knicks have to come, if when the Knicks come out and literally they didn't they didn't shit on Jefferson, all they said was the release statement we never offered a contract to Richard Jefferson. Apparently that like I'm I just don't see how that becomes like. How the ridicule in the story, I mean, I get it because it's the Knicks. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, I understand that. But I'm saying, like, if we're being objective, if we're actually looking at the situation, I just don't see how the Knicks get ridiculed for that. Because I don't personally find any of that ridiculous. I'm just like, okay, so the Knicks clarified something on the record that they were getting. I mean, people can deny it again, but, like, when our, Jefferson said that, even, I think ESPN even tweeted it and, like, laughed at it. Like, they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe this, this, this is the case. And it's like... You know, like at some point, teams are like it's. I I just don't see how that in that specific instance that becomes like a, a a joke about the Knicks. I think it's a joke about the fact that that man can like stay. Like, there's no reprimand coming for him, not from his co- his peers, not from his colleagues, who, not from who his. Who would boss. who would reprimand him? 
I think well, any self-respecting journalist should reprimand him. Well, this like, is where we get into a tricky situation, though, right? Because if you look at the major uh, publications that are producing like NBA media or to sports media in general, ESPN, which isn't an institution of journalism, right? Like they don't necessarily have standards of journalism except for like their random journalists who do like the E60 stuff. They have or whatever. they have some really good journalists, but I no, what I think, agree with but you. No, what I think the thing is, is that they hire journalists to appear that they're serious, but they're not actually doing like true journalistic work as like there's, there aren't true journalistic standards at ESPN compared to a newspaper. I think that's actually fair to say, right? Because there's no journalism in ESPN. Not like, on TV not, anymore. Yeah, not on TV or anything like that. So that's like one major thing I think we do need to account for. Like, sure, they hire journalists, but they're not writing for a newspaper anymore. They don't have like those specific editors with the same norms. Then you have like a place like Bleacher Report. That's basically a glorified blog, just like The Ringer, right? Like we're talking, now we have two big things that don't have like, they pretend to be journalists. They hire people who probably have journalism backgrounds, but they don't have the same regulations. And if I'm, I don't know if I'm forgetting any other um major like publication but like if you just look at like those main things they're they're not newspapers they're not the new york times they're not the la post i'm at the la times they're not the chicago tribune like these aren't like they're not up to standard these boys just it's just basically glorified glorified i can't even speak right now glorified blogs that are basically producing this content it's just hot takes and sports radio that's now on television so yeah there there is no one's going to hold anyone accountable because they're all writing blogs like and everyone from howard beck to kevin o'connor to richard jefferson they're just glorified blog boys who just have like who are on tv and have a much larger podcast well like, and that's basically and what and it the, is. the only the only party that can really defend itself in this situation is the one that is in question for offering him a contract. Is it like at first my reaction was this is absurd. Like, why are you, why are you doing this? But I don't know. The more I thought about it, it's like, okay, well if the Knicks are consistent with building through the draft, right. And sure. Agents can have an effect on it. Um, they're still going to draft whatever player. Like it, it, it's not as much like with free agency when players have far more free will in terms of where they go and where they don't with a, with a, with the draft, you go to the team that you were drafted to. And so I, I think it was, in the end, a positive thing that the Knicks stood up for themselves. And because if you don't stand up for yourself, then it, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Like, yeah, this was this a non-issue? Maybe, but at the same time, Richard Jefferson lied on air and he played it off like it was a joke. But I'm sorry, like, there there are certain things where you, you can and can't joke about. Um, it's sort of thing where just it's not even embellishment. That's a, that's strictly a lie. And so, yes, it's I, I agree. 100%. It, was, it, was warranted. it was it was too far. It, the, the, the act itself was wrong. My my stance on this, again, has I, I think I hope has always been pretty clear in that the one thing I disagree from what, what, we, what you just said, Jeremy, is I didn't think. For as much as they may have, I, I don't know how else to phrase this other than to say, been morally in the right, I don't think they had anything to gain from putting out the statement um, that would not have been able to be gained um, by getting the very clear word out to Berman, Begley, who, you know, all the parties that be, um, and, you know, just make it very clear. Putting it out through the PR arm made it very widely known, which I understand accomplished the goal that we all, I think, agree needed to to be done. But it also, like, 
we like we all we we all would have predicted that the ridicule that followed would have followed and i guess maybe i'm more um i'm i'm more gun shy when it comes to those effects and i'm i'm always maybe i i probably think about that stuff too much about how like i i i'm just so I get so bothered by shit like fucking Kendrick Perkins and all these other assholes, former players, like looking at the organization because I just don't know how much weight that carries with current players. And like, like I, I, it bothers me to think that anything that the Knicks are doing that is an like an unforced error, so to speak, could potentially hurt their chances of, of, you know, having currency with these players later on. Um, and again, I'm over, I'm, I'm, I'm admitting that I'm probably overly sensitive to this stuff, but it's, that's the perspective that I'm coming from. Do you think if this happened last year, that this would have been a significant factor in Durant and Irving uh, signing with the Knicks? Uh, I mean, it's a good comeback because the, because my, it, my gut feeling is, it, if the, is that the thing that would have made a difference? No, but it's like a thousand is there a phrase about like a thousand cuts or something? I don't know. Right. A death by a thousand paper yeah. cuts. But, but I don't, yes, it all blends into the background, but I don't think that a player really cares that much about the optics, the front office. So that's, I mean, look at everything that went on with the Mavs, right? Their entire organization was shit. It was just rampant with sexual harassment. And you go to the team itself, the actual players, and it's a completely different culture. And yes, I think everything starts at the top and certain things certainly funnel their way in. But if the bottom line is, is the optics are the Knicks have to be winning in order for. Oh, and that that matters. So much I, I know you're not saying else. that's not important, uh, but it's the sort of thing where a PR release in November in an entire season where, where people are very forgetful of things that happened even a week ago or even a few days ago. I think it's just it's just swept under the rug at a certain point. Um, and if you're a player who's swayed by Richard Jefferson, do you really want that player on your team? No, I get it. I, like, come on now. Like the idea of like if players are swayed by Richard Jefferson, I, I don't want. I don't want. I actually. Like, oh my god, Richard Jefferson means so much to me. I'm not going to do it. It's I, not. I don't it's want not him. It's more like. It, uh, I don't know. I just feel like NBA culture is so much like fucking Mean Girls high school bullshit, and like agents are. And look, I, I here's the thing, and I think we would all agree on this. If they could just get this thing on like a little bit of the right track, like all of this shit fades away, and none of it fucking matters because people will want to come here because of the, the opportunities that come with being, you know, involved in a winner in New York and like being the guy to to, to try to help do that. I just. Uh, I don't know. Well, the, for the first step to doing that was achieved on Friday, so that's good. <laughs> um, can, I say, I, I, can I say one more quick thing, um, really very quickly, uh, to your point, uh, Drew, about like the, the like the, these the, the um, people that are or the entities that are um, qu- you know quote unquote thought of as like the real media, um, and then the the real the real pisser of that is when folks like us from again quote unquote fan blogs um are the ones to step up and offer some modicum of defense to the stuff that gets said um we as as happened in in uh, a certain article that came out yesterday um we get chat on because it's like but but 
even though the lines are so blurred, to your point, there's still that perception that there's the holier than thou and then there's the dregs down here where we are. And it, it just, it's all convoluted and it's all, it's all shitty. And, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there really quick too. Yeah. Um, so totally unrelated to this. Uh, I had a theory on like how the Knicks should decide who they want to keep and who they want to trade. And so I think what the, the front office should do is interview each player and just ask them one question. Do you think David Fizdale is a good coach? And anybody who says yes gets traded. <laughs> That's a great idea. I would be 100% for that. Oh my God. I definitely, well, the good thing is we know that RJ, None of the young players are probably going to get traded. Then. No, yeah. Cause like RJ liked the post and they're like, you know, the Knicks fired Fizdale. He liked did you see RJ's, did you see RJ's interview yesterday? Like before the game or whatever about I it? I didn't see it. No, I, I don't think a player could have looked like he cared less. <laughs> I, um, uh, hot take. I don't think he liked Fizz. I think RJ is smart and he knows that Fizz sucked. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I, I agree. I think. Yeah, well, I, I, I think the biggest thing had to do with Randall. How many opportunities was it where Randall would would just not pass the ball or the offense was simply not free flowing enough where RJ knows that he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands, but at least where it's moving in a way that it feels like winning basketball. I think if you also go through every single young player, there are very easy reasons to see why they all pretty much didn't like him or flat out hated him. Like, yeah, we could we could probably point to. RJ with the post, I think that that's it's not the only factor, but it's a significant one. Uh, Frank and Knox basically getting the same uh, jerked around treatment. <laughs> they definitely uh, don't like him. <laughs> no, for sure. Dennis Smith Jr. probably feels like his entire career has been uh, just turned around because not in a good way either because of <laughs> Fizdale and Keith Smart. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, I feel like <sighs> that's that's like I, I'll get this. I'll, I'll say my my Zokai or I don't know how to pronounce Mayer, the last yeah. name. Yeah, his, I'll just say that his agent has liked some of my tweets that I found <laughs> quite interesting. Um, and uh, not all of them were highly complimentary of Fisdale. I don't know if the team likes Fisdale. Like, I like when you think about it, like, really, when you're stepping back, I, I don't know if anyone on this team actually likes him. Maybe like Bobby Portis. <laughs> like, I can't think of anyone who would like him. Would you I think, would you like a guy that made you look shitty at your job? No, that's what I'm saying. That's, I, I I don't think this. Team I think Morris liked him. liked him. I think Morris liked him, but I think Morris his text buddy. <laughs> yeah, I I see. Like that's the thing. Okay, like this go. This is what I was talking about though. With like that it was a, when he said that. That was so like objectively weird to me. Like, why do you have a relationship with your coach that you guys are texting in like the middle of the night about? how you think you can do better. It's just very weird. Um, but Sounds like yes. something Drake would text Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. It's, oh, oh man. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's <laughs> all pop, it's, all pop culture references are lost on me. I feel obligated to say that. Let's just, let's just say there's a very weird age inappropriate relationship potentially there. And well, Drake Millie Bobby Brown was, was in, uh, the stranger, uh, stranger things. things, which is a program, uh, uh on Netflix. <laughs> And she's like 15, 16, some, 16? Ra- not of legal age in America. Statutory rape. Anywhere. Okay. Well, Drake and her were texting, started texting when they, when she was 13. So, um, as you can see, he's a creep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Fizzell, this has nothing to do with Dave Fizzell, by the way. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. I just like, who, 
who was fighting? I, I don't know. I find it very hard to believe that there was like a bunch of guys on the roster that were fighting for him. Like, I think some of the vets probably respected him and like liked him. And, you know, maybe they like, I, I don't, I it just, I just don't, I can't imagine that if like all the young guys on the team were like in, like just standing for the dude that he would have gotten canned. I mean, for fuck's sake, they lost by 80 whatever combined points in the two games before he was fired, and they put forth their most competitive effort of the season the game after he was fired. I think, I think Taj loved him. I, what? I think Taj loved him, or at least liked him enough where he didn't hate him. I think Taj... Yeah. Ta- listen, I heard... I was next to Taj when he was talking about Fizz uh, on Sunday night, and he was just very clear that, like, it's, like, coaches are going to get... You know, he like this. He, he was basically putting like this, the typical shit we get from players into more sophisticated words. Where he's like, "Yeah, coaches are going to get a lot of the blame when things aren't going well. Ultimately, can we go out and do better? Like, yeah, we could go out and do better. And yeah, we should go out and do better. Um, but like, he shouldn't get any more or less blame than anybody else. I think that was Taj's point. Okay, all right. Well, that's we need good, to trade Taj that. Gibson then. No, I think that that makes complete sense. He's, <laughs> no, he's, I'm joking. Okay. I will stand for ties to the end of tie. Like no, I, I love, I love Tosh Gibson. That, that would, that would basically, I mean, basically that just means, you know, like that's a non-answer. Yeah, it's a non-answer. Yeah, no, it's a, there was no like giant defense of like no, no player ever like took the like did, basically did the shit that you I forget which one of you was referencing it earlier that Curry and and Clay and and Draymond with did with Mark Jackson when Mark Jackson got fired like that look, didn't fucking happen here. Look look at what Melo said. Go look up Melo's quotes after they fired Woodson. Okay, like if you want to see what a player that loves a coach, what that looks like, what that sounds like. That's what that sounds like because mm. that that's that like Melo was like. I mean, he basically said that like he. He's like the the coach that had gotten the most out of him, and he loved him, and it was like totally unnecessary. Like he didn't need to. He could have just said the you know the Taj kind of stuff. Like yeah, you know it sucks when hey you know Melo has a lot of experience of saying a lot of political non answer bullshit when a coach gets fired. Oh, he's damn good at that. Yeah. So so that that but like you could tell he loved Woodson uh, and a lot of guys on that team did. Even if guys like Tyson Chandler, who you know fucking always throw everybody else under the bus for their own failures by getting destroyed by Roy Hibbert. Um, you know, <laughs> Shots I'll, fired two hours into the pod. I mean, it's true, though. How are you going to let Roy Hibbert like body? He's not even in the league anymore. Tyson Chandler is the biggest fucking phony leader I've ever come across. He was such a shit. I hated that guy. Uh, man, I, I could not even believe that the past that he got for his dog shit effort from like basically the second half of 2012-13 to through the end of the following season. And I know he had a lot of stuff going on in his personal life, but you know, I don't really, like, I'm sorry, but like everybody has stuff going on in their personal lives. And, um, you know, that everybody does the jobs expect you to still perform to a certain level. And if you're not going to perform, that's one thing, but throwing guys throwing, I mean, his last season in New York, he literally would just like find ways to not take responsibility for anything and throw anybody else under the bus for his bullshit. So I got zero time for that guy. I don't give a shit about him. Um, I hope he never wins an NBA championship. I hope that, you know, nothing good happens in his NBA career, not in his personal life. I don't hate him like that, but I wish him <laughs> zero success on the court ever. Lots of flames. 
Um, uh, all is right. that a good place to end it? Yeah, I know. I think so, too. Um, at some point, this became um, an episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. So I'll, I'll thank... Uh, I'll, uh, I'll thank all of the listeners uh, for taking the time to, to tune in with us. Um, do we want to have... As this was like a, a four-part episode of the Sports Reporters, do we want to have each of us give a parting shot? Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, let's yeah f- you, fuck it. Why not? Why don't, why don't you Why don't you go first, Macri, to set the tone? Oh, Jesus. Okay, so then I have to make something up. I, so I, I said that not because I had something that I wanted to say, but I just... All right, let Jeremy, since, you know, he watched all the games this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll I don't want to go first. I'll start. I'll start. Okay. Uh, what's my parting shot? Let me make something up off the top of my head. Um, here's my parting shot. Um, we've just we've just talked about a whole lot of nonsense over the last uh, two hours about what is wrong and what's not wrong, what's not wrong, and what like matters and doesn't matter, um, and like what could be fixed and what's not fixed. It's like all this nonsense. Um, I think if the I, like I just looked at their the next schedule uh, like earlier today, and like there's no reason why they can't go and win like four or five of their next eleven games, um, and if that happens, and like you know the young players look good doing it, and they're like being used in appropriate roles, like we saw the other night, um, like it's just it's amazing how much this shit could turn around so quickly. Um, not like everything, but like just to get back on like a path. And like, if you're a fan who's like had a really frustrating weekend because you just let all this shit get to you, like, which I'm, that's part of me. I'm, I'm, I'm that person. Um, like, don't, I, I don't know. I, 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 my own two cents would be like, don't cause, uh, and I should take some of my own advice, but yeah. Um, they should just keep, if they can just keep going out and playing like they did, I think good things will happen. That's, that's all I want to say. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to, take the opposite approach, but I'm still going to say there needs to be consistent change. Um, at least persistent change, whatever it is, you have to see this through. If this is going to be an atrocious season, let it be as atrocious as possible. Not because we live to see mediocrity and we, we just so want to see abysmal basketball, but it's a sort of thing where if this is enough to create, to be an agent of change, let it. And so I, I think this team will compete, at least be in games. Um, I agree. I, I think the West Coast trip is a little difficult. I don't think they'll necessarily go winless. But when they come back, play the Hawks, play the Wizards a couple times, and there's some very difficult games sprinkled in there as well. But you know, you, you want to see development, of course, but it's finding this fine line of of really what you hope or just close losses, competitive games. If you win some, that's, that's fine. You know, again, I, I think, I think it, it, making a change at the top is more important, quite frankly, than looking for a better or trying to avoid falling as far as you can in the draft. And if you can do both at the same time and great, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I really don't believe that the, I don't feel this team is that far away. Um, maybe not for, for this season, but generally speaking, I think there's some, very easily correctable things. I think also, and, and I know Schwinn, you've hit upon this on Twitter. Um, just a, a shooting coach could solve mm. so many problems, especially from the please, line. pretty please. And, and you know, having a new head coach is is going to be a step in the right direction, especially one who who won Coach of the Year in a league that is based on development. So, I think it's it's 
nice in that there's more for us to see uh, from game to game. It doesn't feel like there's this rally cry and, and we kind of understand that it could get better. It could it could get worse. At least there's there's something that's being changed here. But I don't know, man, I, I just I so want to see massive change that if this season is the turning point and it has to be bad for that to happen, then let it be. Yeah. Um, I guess I can go. Uh, I think that people, uh, it's very interesting that, uh, like the Knicks hiring an interim coach to replace David Fisdell, obviously, um, it seems that people are assuming that this season now, there's nothing at all to get out of it. There's no plan. I mean, maybe there is no plan. I have no clue. All I know is that firing a bad coach and appointing an interim is a pretty normal plan that happens all the time in the NBA and other professional sports. Um, what I will say is that sometimes these interim decisions end up, you know, becoming long-term solutions or worthwhile. Um, I have seen this occur in, uh, a bunch of sports, sometimes with my favorite team, how the Knicks, uh, when they fired, or actually Mike D'Antoni resigned. Uh, but when he resigned, the Knicks were, I believe, six games under 500, uh, looking very unlikely to make the playoffs. Um, and then they went 18 and six to close the year, played amazingly well on defense somehow. I think they finished top three on defense, defensive rating at the end of that year. And um, uh, all of a sudden, uh, the the offense looked better, and it, it's it's in, it's very interesting how often uh, these interim coaches can often just make simple changes that pay very big dividends. Um, and really, you know, as much as we talk about the front office needing to be cleared out and all those things, and yeah, maybe that's true. Uh, I I do think that having a good coach that is the biggest thing to culture. Uh, to running a team that can exist other than landing a generational superstar along the lines of like Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And even when you land those guys, they st- you still need to find a good coach to eventually get to where you want to go. Um, so I don't know if Mike Miller is going to be the guy. I ha- you know, Odds are he's not because odds are most coaches are not going to be the guy. Um, but, you know, you never know. And... Um, all you can do is keep churning until you actually find the answer. David Fizzle was not the answer. Uh, I think he tried. I don't know if he really, you know, maybe he wasn't this year. I have no idea. Um, but he didn't get the job done. Maybe Mike Miller will. We'll see. Uh, I like what I saw. He has 59 more games to, you know, prove himself or not. And um, I hope that he gets a fair shake and a fair evaluation from everybody within the organization and uh, from media types and everything, because, you know, just you might, you might stumble into something good. Okay. looks like I'll close it out. This is step one of a multi-step process. This doesn't mean that the front office is excused for anything that they did. It doesn't excuse at James Dolan or anything along those lines. It, we live in a world now where we just focus on black and white and we just separate things and it has to be one or the other. And unfortunately that's not how the world works in many cases. And it's a multitudes of gray. And this is the perfect example of multitudes of gray 
like both things can be true. And that's usually how things are. Like multiple things can be true about people, organizations, situations. It's not one thing or the other. And I think we need to remind ourselves that a lot more and not take on these dichotomous battles between one or the other that a lot of people like to push to primarily sell clicks and whatnot. That's it's the reason why that we have an over two hour podcast between the two of you know, between the two shows. It's we try to talk out everything, we try to look at it all different sides. And we're pretty much replacing what I would say that journalists should be doing instead of believing Richard Jefferson for <laughs> making up lies. So that's where I'm at with this. I was going to, this is how I'll end it. Cause I was actually debating on ending something in the more personal note, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick to sports, you know, just like LeBron did with, uh, with China. <laughs> shut up and dribble. So I'm just going to shut up and talk. Uh, this is great. Uh, great points. All of you. Um, I, uh, I, I, I should say, I should add as the person who's been defending, uh, David Fisdale for, a year and a half. I'm I'm so much more excited to watch Nick Games now <laughs> for the rest of this year. Uh my God. It was just a pleasure that okay. It was it was nice to watch the Knicks and actually just like not be flabbergasted by every decision that coach is making. Yeah, it was right. enjoyable. It was yeah. it was so much fun. No, it was wonderful. Lots to look forward to. Um but uh everybody thank you for for listening to um obviously an episode of the Posting and Toasting Show, uh an episode of the Next Film School podcast and we will be back with you with another one very soon. Yeah.